This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, this is the realty. I love our podcast song. You really turned that out. It sounds so good. Oh, thank you. I'm glad people are grooving to it. It was fun. The the, I, I think we w- when we get really ambitious and when COVID mm-hmm. calms down, we can go and do a live version and actually get in drag. You had a brilliant idea that we should like we should like, really do the song and uh, we'll both do a verse on it and then like put it out for like sale and shit. Hey, why not? If people like it that much, I mean, um, yeah, let's do it. And remember, guys, we're starting off. So if you want to subscribe and give us some ratings, we're delighted by the five star ratings that we've gotten so far and uh, help spread the word because we are on episode two of Monet Exchange and Lady Bunnies, Ebony and Irony. Yeah. And, um, you know, that because what Bunny's saying is really important because you guys don't realize when you um, subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and giving us five star ratings, that really, 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 really helps us. So if you could just take the time to do, to do that right now, that would be fantastic. All right, girl, what have you been up to? Um, I've not been up to much, girl. Um, I'm doing this podcast. They're doing it's called Play On Podcast and they're doing Macbeth and I'm playing a role in um a Macbeth play. Um, full T, full disclosure, I have never ever seen Macbeth. Now, granted, the story of Macbeth has been told has been reiterated in so many different forms. So if you have existed on the planet Earth, you have been a part of or heard the story of Macbeth in some way, shape, or form, but I've never like sat down and listened to or watched the Shakespearean like actual Macbeth play. Have you? Uh, yes, I have, and you know, I think you're perfect for it because I have always fantasized about seeing you covered in blood. <laughs> You'd be good too because you're a fucking witch. 
I mean, I think it's great that we're going to talk about Bridgerton today. We're going to talk about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's great that, you know, drag queens are branching out. You just did a play in, in the West End. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and, and you know, I, I thought here are some drag queens who I would like to see in remakes of mainstream <laughs> roles. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> hit it. Hit me with it, girl. Asia O'Hara in The Butterfly Effect. <laughs> Darian Lake's girdle in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Juju B and Kim Chi in Crazy Rich Asians with Bad Teeth. <laughs> Juju B has good teeth. Uh, now. Now she does. Um, this is a this is set in the past. Um, Robbie Turner in Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh my God! Roxy Andrews starring in Bus Stop. Oh, is that a movie, Bus Stop? Yes, it's a Marilyn was. Monroe movie. You young heifer. Uh, <laughs> Latrice Royale in The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Charlie hides in Citizen Kane because she needs a cane to walk. <laughs> Katya in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Myth. <laughs> Sasha Valour in Finding Chemo. Oh my God. Because she's bald. Right, right. Oh my um, God. Coco Montrees in Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Naomi Small's IQ in seven. Oh my God. And last but not least, Aja in Scarface. <laughs> I was talking to my friend and I was like, Girl, how long do you think it will be until I am canceled by proxy because of me on this podcast? I'm like, I know it's going to happen at some point, but I'm taking bets. I'm going to say at least my, I'm going to give myself until episode five. And granted, I really don't care. Um, so, but we were taking bets on when I will be canceled by proxy. Well, as you once said about me, you can't get canceled if you stay canceled. <laughs> now, <laughs> some people's reaction to the first podcast were that, oh, no, uh, you know, Monet, how are you going to do Bob like that? I'm like, uh, there is no shortage of Monet Exchange running her damn mouth. I, th I think there's enough to fill a podcast. Macbeth, uh, Bob the Drag Queen, you know, Ebony and Irony. You know, with, with with Bunny and I mean, some of course you posted quite uh, evilly that Bunny. I would never ever say anything. No, you said that Bunny is you. very haggard and old and can die at any minute, <laughs> and uh, you're wondering about starting <laughs> this podcasting uh, journey with me. And I said, Well, honey, how do you think I feel about starting a a podcast with a drag race queen? Because you know, the further they get away from their TV appearances, the less anybody cares about them. So, I mean, th <laughs> but th enough about Trinity. This is <laughs> this is very risky on both uh, parts. But <laughs> at any rate, uh, you know, good to hear your voice. Glad you're doing well. I want to hear the Mac Beth thing. I mean, I haven't been doing much. I have feel like I have one job now. Don't die. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, you know, my doctor told me that I needed to double mask it. And I said, why? For safety? He said, no, nobody wants to see the top half of your face either. (laughs) <laughs> i will say you read all those titles and i feel you, you left out one of one of the greats in, in in all of your um drag recreations uh lady bunny and babe i like that one or bob in 12 years of shave i think that would be great <laughs> monet exchange and monet exchange's black bottom <laughs> um I think that that's because of everything that's been shot onto it. It's probably more white than black. <laughs> uh, this this week, we want to talk about um, a couple of things on Netflix, because my old ass just got Netflix. And it's interesting to me to, to just, you know, I, 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 I dropped out of pop culture really in the 80s and kind of went into the underground club scene. But now I'm stuck uh-huh. up here in a pandemic watching uh, and I'm doing what the young people do. Binge watching while I'm binge eating. <laughs> yeah. So, so without further ado, let's get into the headlines of the day. Um, yeah, so these both both of these shows, Bun, um, that we watched. You want to start with Bridgerton? Sure. Bridgerton. I have a lot of thoughts about Bridgerton, and none of them are what everyone else is thinking about it. Apparently, the entire world is obsessed with Bridgerton. It's literally, it's been trending for like three weeks now. Everyone is like, Bridgerton, 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 Bridgerton. I don't share that same thing. Like, I think it was fine. I don't think it's Shonda Rhimes' best work. To me, Shonda Rhimes, like one of her best gifts that I ever received from Shonda was um, um, Scandal with um, Kerry Washington. And Bridgerton, it was fine. Was it bad? No. Was it stellar? No. It was just fine. You know, I, I, I like I say, I am ignorant of a lot of pop culture, and um, I really loved it. I mean, you know, it, it. Listen, it's total escapism, which we need now, and mm-hmm. it features all these wide, expansive shots of multiple gorgeous palaces with good-looking rich people at parties and elaborate hairdos while we're trapped in our homes, broke, (laughs) fatter than ever, wearing sweats with no hairdressing appointments since March. So no wonder it's a hit. I can see why people love it. It just transports you into this, uh, you know, magical world of the past. And um, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny to me to see how the girls are kind of like really pimped out i mean it's basically prostitution for for wealthy people all the all the dowries that the bride family had to pay you know to get a guy to uh to take her on as a wife it came with a a dowry looking at all those young hussies in ridiculous hairdos corseted outfits and trying to get people to care about them peddling their wares to some old black queen it reminded me of drag con 
<laughs> well, I think, right, with Netflix, Netflix never does anything cheapy-cheapy, as my grandmother would say, or anything that looks like raggedy. Netflix Netflix is going to invest. You're going to get these beautiful shots. It's going to look expensive. But I think my biggest qualm with it is that I'm so over, and I hate when the female lead is always has to be this like helpless girl who is just who is so helpless she can't do anything until something else happens that triggers her to finally stand up like the, basically the second the last I mean, okay, spoiler alert for people who, if you have not seen Bridgerton, there might, there may be some spoilers that's going to fuck it up for you. So maybe you should fast forward a little bit. But, um, wh- like, what half of the story then becomes her trying to fucking trap his dick inside of her so he can come inside of her so she can have a fucking kid. And I get that that's part of the storyline because they didn't want to pass down, he, he wanted to end the line, whatever. But to me, it, I was like, is, I was like, this is all this woman is living for to get married. And there were nights, there's literally a ball and a garden in every fucking scene. I'm like, if I see another ball and another garden, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. So it was, that's the thing to me. That's why I like Scandal so much. Another Shauna Rhyme show where Olivia Pope was this badass bitch. You could not tell her nothing. She was always in charge. That's what I like about a um, scandal that is that is not uh, uh, giving me the ooh ah ah sensation in Bridgerton. But so is, is it realistic to think that every Shonda Rhimes, who is a prolific producer, every every uh, lead female character is going to be a kick-ass bitch? Because actually, she's plucky, and she. I mean, she's she's not like I mean, you know, she is wan looking, but she is plucky and she does kind of she's she's in this world where she has to basically, you know, sell herself to the highest bidder. And she kind of finds a way to not only find her true love, but to to kind of buck the the prince that the queen has arranged for her to marry the 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 German prince Mm -hmm. so i mean i i i don't think now i mean i was kind of like give phoebe an emmy not an an emmy if she can if she can act (laughs) like she don't want reggie gene page honey because that ungrateful right i mean and this ungrateful bitch found a black man who doesn't want to have kids girl i (laughs) i i i would let reggie a fucking black and blue, my pussy, my whole. I will let him take a soldering iron to the whole of my penis. If he, it, if that's what he wanted, I would fucking do it. He is one of the most beautiful men I have ever seen on screen in my life, ever. He is a faint, worthy uh, movie idol in the making. I mean, the the, the mm-hmm. I'm not really the one that all gets like, oh, let me watch a movie. I mean, if you want to watch porn, watch porn, but. Seeing him in those nude scenes, and I mean, he he really gave it his all. I mean, his piercing <laughs> eyes shoot right through the screen of my laptop, and I hope he sees me masturbating. <laughs> you know, also, a man with so much self-control, how he was able to just, in the heat of the moment, in the height of passion, when he's about to nut, he is like, no, I'm going to control myself. I'm going to pull it out and but and come on your tits. I'm like that's so that's the man for me. That's the kind of that's the kind of self control and 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 gentleman that I want. You ain't got no tits. 
I mean, I can make a girl. I have had a lot of Chipotle in the past couple of weeks. I got a little something, something extra, uh, you know, going on that he can glaze. Well, honey, so when I saw him ride up on the horseback, I know what part I want to play. <laughs> his horse he can ride me all day and night long i mean all those debutants wanted to snatch his title and be a duchess i just wanted the family jewels <laughs> I, I read some quote saying uh, where he was saying as a teenager the idea of running around screaming at people was very appealing i found comfort in aggression in breaking through false walls and challenging norms well daddy you can run over here scream take it bitch at me and break through my walls because my imaginary pussy is currently challenging norms <laughs> but now let let me ask you this, Monet, because there's been a lot made of the uh, way that the cast is multiracial, and mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. there has been some disputes if this is historically accurate. Some say that uh, Queen Charlotte was in fact uh part black or black and this show envisions uh, not only a black queen but a uh, you know black nobility and um, you know so so what what's what is your take on how effectively they handled that you know what I think I mean we we, we would be all foolish to assume that there were as many black people and people of color in um, in this time so and I think that we are suspending reality we know that this is not exactly what it was but I think for 2020 standards 2021 standards by having this diversity in the cast and in what the people of that time look like even though we know it may not be completely historical accurate I think it's completely fine I'm like as, when we're gonna if we're <laughs> if we're gonna keep on telling history how it is uh, when we do portrayals of um uh, in, in, in period pieces Black folk will always will be playing shitty roles, one of well, shitty roles, but like they will be always be the servants, they'll always be the slaves, and yada yada. If if, if we're gonna press forward and keep on doing these period pieces, we're gonna have to acclimate it to what the landscape and what society looks like today, and that is a multiracial um, um, uh, uh, society. Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure that that uh, that multiracial people ascended to nobility in. Uh, that period of England, you know, or even now, but I, I was able to suspend reality, as you say, and just say, you, you know, that this is a, a fantasy. I mean, it's so magnificently uh, art directed and shot and, you know, but then in, in like the, the third episode, we did get this glimmer of how he, uh, the, the, the Duke had come to get his title. And I don't exactly, so, so they, they began to de- deal with it. And some people say they didn't deal with it enough. If he continued to be excellent, which his father look, then looked down on him because he had such a bad stutter. Um, and, and that was related to how uh, black people who still struggle to get ahead in various areas are expected to be excellent or they may be looked over in, you know, their realm of entertainment or society or, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, there's, there's been a lot made of it because it's, it's the, the, the representation like this is 
fairly new. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, 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 a lot of people had problems with the representation. I, I love to read articles on it to see what other people are think and, uh, thinking. And so one thing says, the kind of representation does add layers of nuance and perspective to a genre that has been so white for so long. I was right. struck by the powerful image of a black queen attending, being attended by a white footman and delighted to see a white woman elevate her status mm-hmm. by marrying a black duke. I mean, yeah. even though that doesn't happen, is that the kind of image that you like to see? Well, I will say this. I am getting not tired. I, I think it's becoming pretty normalized to when anytime you see a black, uh, uh, there is always a white woman and a black uh, uh, um, a man. Why can't, like, I don't feel like in stuff like this that it is often portrayed to have a black couple. Like, it doesn't have to be two different races. Like, um, a black, uh, an, an, an Asian man and a white woman, or is it like, why can't we have two? Why can the two leads be two Asian people? Why can they? Why can they be two Latinx people? Why can they be two black people? Like, why does it always have to be? We have to get someone white in there some way, in turn, in, in, in the man or the woman, and then they're with another race. That to me is a little bothersome sometimes. I'm like, I think this story could have been just as great and just as powerful if the lead woman was a black woman, or something, or, or something to that effect. Right. I mean. I- I love to look around on the internet to see what other people are saying because a few years ago we were saying Oscars are so white, um, blacks mm. are not being uh, given the good roles, and then you know I, when they are given the, the roles. Here's a comment from Refinery. Um, I was hyped for this show. I enjoyed it. I, uh, my overall feeling was disappointment. I haven't read Bridgerton after watching it. I think this show is a perfect reminder of the fact that representation won't save us. Just sprinkling some light-skinned blackness in there is not enough. And then another Mm. commenter says, like every other Netflix show, the only black leads allowed are light-skinned. Their colorism problem is exhausting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, colorism is, girl, that is a whole another rabbit hole, of which is we see in, like, all black movies. Um, the dark, oh, you think of Martin. Pam was, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show, Martin. Pam. Oh, yes. Um, Tashina Armold. Oh, I love Arnold. it. Oh, my God. His drag. Oh, my God. Oh, it was it was great. He Martin Martin Lawrence is a dynamic actor. He he literally through all the stuff. But you look at Martin, where Gina was the light skinned woman. She was the desirable one. She was she was the wife. She was a this. She was she had this hierarchy um, a hierarchy over over Pam, who was always the butt of the joke, who was always being called a dog, or who was always being like ridiculed literally the entire time, really heavily. So, and all through even black stuff, there's so much colorism and. Colorism just is just a thing. It's it's in it's in it's it's in it's in Asian cultures as well. Whereas you know people quote unquote use things like jungle Asians for Asians who are who are darker. And in in and Jasmine Rice, the New York City Queen, was was talking to me about Korea. How like when they do the makeup, like in, in in also in Japan, how they strive to paint their faces as light as possible for theater and stage because that is deemed more desirable. And you don't want and you don't want your skin to look darker for whatever reason. So colorism is something that is pervasive throughout. Races, 
except for white because of white people you y'all y'all can only be white y'all can't be dark i mean yeah you can tan but uh, uh colorism i think i want to say white people are the only people who don't really deal with colorism in terms of like whiteness well i remember when i was a kid because i'm quite pale and uh <laughs> people would laugh at me because i couldn't get a tan and I, even at like eight years old i was saying how dare you discriminate against me because of the color of my skin <laughs> i mean not not i'm not, i was of course not being serious but um yeah i mean i think you were and i think you're fucking problematic oh okay well you knew that before we started this shit listen i watched tiger king when just because every, that's why i got netflix and everyone was raving over it i thought it was awful and um you know i i i see that it got beat but i i actually really enjoyed this and monet can i now tell people that not only has bridgerton been renewed oh you've just been cast in a spinoff series called under the bridgerton and surprise (laughs) surprise you play the troll (laughs) <laughs> thank you bunny um thank you for for, for, for letting our listeners though I, I look forward so, to bringing this role I mean, to life what, what a two. breadth of roles i mean i mean macbeth i mean you know uh, the troll hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One thing, though, that um, this new administration is 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 making some big strides in is having representation and that's starting with rachel levine congratulations to her his this is monumental this is historic yes it is much is being made of the diversity of biden's vp cabinet picks and appointees but what i want to ask you is trans people have sometimes before they were accepted as they are now more they couldn't get jobs like this especially if they did not 100 percent pass they were forced to do sex work so to be given a, a a position in the government is you know diversity is important and it's a great thing but what i want to ask is we're saying that this is a historic appointment what else do we know about her i mean what do we know about her qualifications you know i know that she went to harvard so she's not dumb presumably i mean but it would also be historic if the biden administration appointed candace owens to something but we need to know more about the appointees than just what their sex is what their race is because you know, like I say, what do we know besides she, that she's trans about her record? What do we know about what she's bringing professionally, not physically, to the to the part? We don't know anything, do we? I don't. That is a completely that's a completely valid point, and you're right. I don't know anything besides that she's a physician and a and a professor of pediatrics and psychiatry. Um, so you're right. 
I I I concede all I am going by is that it is a trans woman um, being appointed. But I think that a big for a lot of people is that we for so long we have seen slash heard and seen the pictures of a room full of our senators and Congress people, and they are all literally 90% of them are cisgendered old white dudes. So the fact that we are seeing more. Hey, I'm offended by that. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. The fact that we are seeing um, um, an administration more representative of what the country looks like and the people who appointed these people is a step in the right direction. Yeah, of course, of course. All of these other, all of these other white motherfuckers who've been there for centuries, they probably have shit. Not probably, they do. A lot of them have shitty fucking records, shitty fucking policies, and no one bats an, and no one has ever batted an eyelash. So now that we are getting um, a more representation, yes, I believe, I agree, we should still look into them and make sure that their policies and and their records align with what we want. But at first glance, having the diversity, I think, is a huge leap toward that so is it good to have ben carson represent the black community when he ran for president omarosa was in the trump (laughs) administration for a while so yes the inclusivity is important and you know as as someone who is lgbt myself um i'm well well aware of that well put a fucking dick in your mouth right now and prove it uh there's the dildo in my uh, black bottom uh, <laughs> so you don't need to worry about that but here's an example Pete Buttigieg is being given a job of transportation secretary and he doesn't even want that gig he suggested other positions and he actually has a bad record on transportation when he was mayor of South Bend. And so the transportation is going to be an important thing because, you know, we're trying to get things like other countries have, like high-speed rail to cut down on carbon emissions. And when they announced this at Pete Buttigieg, they actually showed him with pictures of a toy train. And, you know, this is this is mind numbing. I mean, there's actually some stuff in Pete's record that is not good about representation. I mean, another one of of, uh, Biden's cabinet is Neera Tandon, who is an Indian, South Asian Indian female on this cabinet position. Now, she does support um cutting social security she does support cutting benefits is an is a foe of medicare for all and as an associate of hillary clinton and the more war loving side of the democratic party she has actually pushed for conflicts overseas in countries where people live who look like her So as um, a black friend put it, all skin folk ain't kin folk. So we're seeing representation that looks like a rainbow in terms of gender and race, but there are no progressive appointments. And this is the danger of only talking about inclusivity as, as a goal. 
where's the inclusivity of ideas? There's not one progressive appointed by. So, so you would imagine that these these different diverse picks would bring different diverse ideas and they are different diverse ideas i would think from you know old only old white men but if you're not having i mean i don't know how that we're we're hearing a lot about well, unity how is how do you unite your party without putting one progressive out of like 19 20 picks in there and you have a, you don't have a diverse uh, approach to things. You have a diverse looking cabinet. It's well. It can- I want. I want. I want to push back on one thing. First, first of all, um, uh, Buttigieg uh, has has had dealings with with. with- transportation issues um, he pioneered south bend's smart streets program which got rid of one-way streets and expanded sidewalks and biking downtown during his administration the city also installed several roundabouts but the city streets were always like a, in the south bend it's, it, it has notoriously been a really big challenge so he does have uh he does have experience in that in that in in in, in that arena it, of things any, but also, any also, mayor, yeah any mayor uh, would have experience w- w- with it but there's actually headlines from there that show that he did the wrong thing there was even a joe biden ad that said oh you know he's criticizing but pete is p- criticizing me when all he did was put up like decorative lights there was one thing about where they asked pete to to, to there was a dangerous uh, uh stoplight and he ignored it and some uh guy got Bunny, killed you and i both know headlines are very clickbaity you and i just had a discussion about how one of us would do an interview about drag race and it was like what about and you're like i don't think so and then they will literally put a headline saying lady bunny hates rupaul she wants to crucify him like jesus on that cross so headlines aren't always exactly well, what, I, what I, they I, are no but i read the articles the whole articles and I, I didn't just read the headlines and so you know i mean like i say pete there were two other gigs that he was you know gunning for and i don't the know the treasury secretary that, that 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 um that he that biden appointed what's her name um uh yellen or I think janet yellen something yeah, like that. Janice she's she, she, she's progressive but also i also want to say this i would like to like hold to hold our um, politicians or anyone to sainthood, I think is just not realistic. No one has a an amazing and perfect track record besides my girl AOC. I love her so much, but I, again, that's a kid because she's not perfect either. No one has no one has this scotch free, always on the right side, always doing everything. Like that, that is literally no one. No one in the entire world will ever be a saint in, in, in regards to this. I do agree. Yes, there should be a little more playing with um uh uh more meeting in the middle with more progressives and moderates and yada yada because that's when you really get change when you get a meeting of the minds on all those things. But to hold uh these politicians to sainthood i think is impossible okay well let me ask you this so they just confirmed biden's secretary of of uh, defense and they're saying that it is the first black appointee so again that is historic well they actually had to sign a waiver because he has not been out of the military long enough and there's something about uh, some law about civil uh, I think Elizabeth Warren was the only one who uh, one other Democrat objected to his confirmation and you have to sign a waiver because you can't you can't you have to take a break from the military and so um, 
he actually did leave the military a couple of years ago and he worked on the board of Raytheon, which is a weapons manufacturer. Now this is a conflict of interest. You don't want the people saying let's who, who have the power now to say, let's go to war to just come from the board of a weapons manufacturer. That is an actual. So while it is historic, that's a conflict of interest. I agree. And these are things that we held the Trump administration to as well is uh, is is having all of these conflicts of interest and being the fucking current administration. So I agree. Again, I don't think that I don't think that our com- our country is completely healed. I don't think all the issues are solved. I don't think it's, it's going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And these things are things that we can still hold our politicians and our president accountable for. Yes. Now that Trump is gone which I'm glad. And I think now that the Democrats have a majority in the Congress, in in both houses of Congress, and there's a Democratic president, good, let's do it. Let's do it, people. But we know that we have to hold politicians, uh, you know, feet to the fire. We can't be so thrilled that Trump is gone and then just say, okay, let everybody handle it because the the situation with trans people being murdered, the uh, the the fact that you know uh, a lot of people did not have four hundred dollars in their bank account to fly to see a dying relative, or to see a a, a very unattractive you know a relative who they never thought would get married get married, <laughs> you know um uh you know they didn't have that before the pandemic. Yeah. So so there is income inequality and I think that we 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 can't go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. And you know what, and when we do our call in session in a second, we can get um some of you guys' takes on some of these issues. Who knows? But um these are great stories, Bunny. I enjoy I, I just enjoy talking to you, Bunny. It's like talking to my uh uh, uh my senile great grandmother. Well, Monet, I Find you tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) This is our second episode of Ebony and Irony, our new podcast, and we want people to weigh in. We discussed um, Bridgerton on Netflix, the smash that's just been renewed, Uh and gave our thoughts. If you guys have any thoughts, we'd love to hear them. So let's listen to a voicemail of of, of some of our listeners' thoughts. Okay, about Bridgerton. What do you guys think of episode six? Daphne was getting it on. Kind of jealous of her. Oh, very jealous. Yeah, that was crazy. No, that. But love you both. Bridgerton is pretty amazing. I love it. It's very to the point, not too long. It's amazing. Bye. That, hon, thank you for the call. That was not crazy, honey. That was what everybody is, lashes are fluttering around the world over that Reggie Jean page. Right? Ah, uh, ah, uh, he's so beautiful. What when, a beautiful man. And when he got up on top of her, and oh my God. Oh. <laughs> oh, and then she got up, she, and then she got on top of him when she said, oh, that was right, because she wanted to impregnate herself. Oh, girl, when she, when he was about to come and she's like, oh, no, oh, she's like, motherfucker, no, you're not. And she, and she, she clenched them pussy walls down on that dick, bitch. It was, it was, it was like a scene from Little Shop of Horrors. She's like, feed me, Reggie, feed me. And he put that nut in her guts, girl. I was like, all right, Miss Thing, I ain't mad at you. I'll do it too. 
oh, okay. I guess we answered that question and then raised a few. Don't you like the stereo app? Isn't this so cute? I love this. Oh, yes. Old people love apps. We love technology. <laughs> and besides yeah. my skin, the avatar is the only way I can make my skin look clear, <laughs> devoid of wrinkles. <laughs> Let, 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 let's get another call. Hi, um, hope you're both doing well. Um, I just wanted to weigh in about Bridgerton. I saw that on TikTok, they're trying to make it a musical. Oh. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, if you're for it, if you're against, you know, every show becoming a musical. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I have two of them. If, if they're making it like a movie musical, I'm like, oh, we don't need that. But if they're going to take the concept of Bridgerton and make it like a, like a stage theater play, I'm into that. I'm all about that. Movie musicals, that I'm not into. I'm like, okay, we everything does not need to be a fucking movie musical. However, I do think more things can benefit becoming stage shows. I love that. Well, I mean, I, I can already hear it. Reggie, fuck me. Reggie, fuck me. I've, I've already got, you know, got a head start on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, you those they would definitely submit those as the rough vocal cuts and not uh, uh, the real thing. They might me. submit your knees to be the rough cuts. <laughs> oh, God. Next call. <laughs> My question is for the both of you. In Bridgerton, which character would you have wanted to be? Oh, bitch, without question. I want to be the bitch getting fucked by Reggie. Okay? That's who I want to be. Who I want to be her. I liked Lady... As a matter of fact, whoever, whoever is playing his girlfriend in real life, I, I, I want to be her. I want to be his, his real-life girlfriend, too. So I can get it all day, every day, whenever I want it. I liked Lady Danbury because she wore those smashing hats. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she was, she was a very likable character and very chic. I also loved the kind of nerdy daughter who, uh, the, 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 the Bridgerton, who, who doesn't want to be in society and was kind of like breaking the mold. I mean, she doesn't have the, the, the feminine styling. She's always covered up. She's not corseted or showing her bust. And she looks, no one will remember this, who is on the stereo app, but I looked it up. In the mu movie musical of Oliver, there, mm -hmm. the, 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 the glorious food. I don't remember that part as you sung it, but um, there's a, 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 le a leading character called the Artful Dodger. And that young lady looks exactly like the guy who played that in Oliver, Jack Wilde. Google it. Okay. We will not be coming for Monet's knees on this podcast today. That's right. Thank you, Vomit Mom. I appreciate you, baby. Bunny, you fucking apologize, uh, bitch. That, no, that's, that, that, they won't be coming just like those men you sucked off, honey. <laughs> buddy this was pretty cute i really love the stereo app and i look forward to it so every week on sundays typically bunny and i will be posting on our socials that we'll be going live with a stereo app so you guys can call in and leave us questions about the topics that we're talking about that week so this week was ma rainey and bridgerton apparently you guys all hated ma rainey because no one literally said anything about ma rainey's black bottom but you guys had a lot of op opinions and thoughts about Bridgerton. So, um, so check out, check our socials out during the week, but especially on Sundays where we will post the link to um, talk to us here on the Stereo app. Hey, 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 hey.
So when I was about 18 years old, I was listening to the radio at my parents' home in Wait, Chatter- wait, wait, wait. There were radios in the 20s? <laughs> I was listening to the radio and I heard the news. This was national news. Mm. Um, Rockstar, Wayne County, and the Electric Chairs mm. uh, has changed their name to Jane County yeah. and the Electric Chairs because Jane has transitioned. Jane went on to become a punk rock icon in the 1970s with songs like If You Don't Want to Fuck Me, Baby, 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 Fuck Off. She is one of my favorite performers. She was on the Andy Warhol scene along with trans pioneers Hollywood Lawn and Candy Darling. She has a brilliant autobiography, Man Enough to be a woman, hung out with John Waters' star Divine, took part in the Stonewall riots. This lady is part of our history, and we are so lucky to have someone who has influenced David Bowie, Lou Reed, the Ramones, Pete Burns, and the police once opened for her band. I wow. met her at the Pyramid Club in the 1980s. Um, when she was at Soundcheck asking if anyone had diet pills, I had some, <laughs> and we have hit it off ever since. Please welcome punk, trans, rock, goddess, superstar, Jane County. Hi, Jane. Jane. Yes. Hi. Do you have any pills? Any more diet pills? <laughs> <laughs> no more uh, diet pills. I gave up she on used, the diet long ago. Them. <laughs> uh, Jen, now, but Jane, we did not have you on here to read me like this and gang up no. with my co-host. That's okay. We'll 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 get to all of that. How are you doing? Okay. I'm doing fine. Feeling fine. Have, you know, have my ups and downs like a roller coaster. My life has been like a roller coaster, up and down. And, I mean, uh, uh, never uh, uh, never really just straight steady. Always bumpy. There's always uh, a bump in the road. It seems like no matter what I do, there's another bump to get over. You know. Well, you know what? I mean, well, when you have lived a life, uh, such an influential life, and someone mm -hmm. who has uh, who has changed the face of queer history, honestly, I'm old. I mean, <laughs> I'm old, hon. This you 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 have lived a beautiful life. So oh, I think thank I, you. I think my question to you to start off is, how does it? So someone who has been on the forefront of so many uh, 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 iconic queer pieces of queer history how does 2020 look to you how does the community look to you now well well it looks it's it looks kind of fragmented i'm an old girl i mean back in the 60s when i was 60s and 70s when i was hanging out things were a little more uh less fragmented i mean people all went to the same bars and clubs you know now you've got you got to, these people go there, and then these people go there, and these people go there. It doesn't seem like there's much mixing, and and a lot of the places that used to mix, like the, the pyramid, and uh, Jackie's sixties and places, are gone now. Mm. So it doesn't seem to be as much mixing together. By by mixing, I mean all kinds of people, uh, well, straight, also, gay, transsexual, yeah. transgender, every, everything, women, men. Doesn't seem to be as much as that now. You came up performing with rock bands, so that That's was right. always kind of a mixed scene, right? That was a very yeah. It was very mixed, but mostly mostly straight. Uh, my audiences were mostly straight, and uh, which was really really bizarre. 
uh, when I played at Max's Kansas City with my band, uh, the audiences were just about 99% straight. Wow. I don't know why straight people, uh, they, they would seem to be in awe, kind of like they liked it, maybe attending for because it was freaky to them, you know, the, let's go see this freaky, freaky character called Wayne County. I hear he does this on stage and this on stage. So I had a lot of that. So, so, so when you first started performing, you were Wayne County, and then you decided to transition, and then you became Jane County. Became Jane, yeah. Jane. How do you say uh, Jane influenced Bowie and Hedwig? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm assuming because it's also you read about uh, like the 70s and 60s and how these artists they would go to clubs like this and just chill and kiki. So, would Bowie like come come to your to well, your shows? To find, at some I used to find. I used to be signed to Bowie's uh, main man agency. Oh. Uh, uh, Bowie, the same management agency. We had the same manager. And basically, oh, wow. they, the man, well, the management company basically took me for a ride. They used a lot of my ideas. And then when they kind of like sucked me dry, they kind of like let me go, really. They kind of used, they really used me, uh, actually. Um, it was um, quite an experience. Because I would, there'd be parties and things, and uh, David would be there, and we, we'd go into a, a broom closet or something and do a little Ooh. cocaine, a little cocaine or something, and uh, <laughs> then we'd start talking, and and I'd just blabbing and blabbing and blabbing and blabbing my ideas, and plus he sent me into the studio to do a bunch of demos. So uh, three times I went to the studio to do demos of my music, and like a fool, sent my sent it to him with hopes that he'd produced my album right and so but 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 what happened was instead of him producing my album he took my songs and he was influenced by a lot of them he used a lot of the ideas that i had like a, i had songs like are you a boy are you a girl man are you man enough to be a woman are you wonder are you my wonder woman things like that which a lot of the ideas uh, a lot of them kind of started showing up on his albums particularly uh-huh. uh ballad and sing let, just for as an example, uh, we had this long rap after we did some cocaine, and um, <laughs> yeah. I know the kind. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, and I just have a quick question: Was this? Because my mind wants to know: Did Bowie had the good shit, or was it the cheap shit? It was all right. It made me. It made, oh. I, I wasn't. Doing, I wasn't doing a lot. I wasn't doing a lot of coke at the time. I was still, you know still pretty coke free at that time but it, so it, it was kind it. of it was kind of new to me uh uh i i hardly ever done it before it just made me Got rap it. and talk i'd done i had done speed before because at one time i was a bit of a speed freak and used to pop black beauties and beat up my beat up wrestlers on stage what is a black and, beauty what is that speed speed oh they're speed and they were incredible today's equivalent of meth i guess oh, oh really Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, they're all amphetamines. It's amphetamine. Now, when did you move to New York from uh, Atlanta? Oh, I came up here in 68. Wow. And, and you were part of the Stonewall riots? Oh, Can yes. You, I, yeah. Uh-huh. T- tell us about that scene. Please. Well, I was on my way to the Stonewall, and when I got there, uh, by the time I got there, the riot had already began. And so oh, I just, okay. Yeah. So I thought that it was just absolutely, you know, incredible. I couldn't believe it. But people were standing up to the police and everything. And so um, I joined in the riots for the, the three days. 
and uh, they wouldn't let anybody at the Stonewall in that time. They had the uh, the police were locked in there, and people had piled up things against the door and set fire to it. And I was always wondering. I mean, yeah, the police are in there, but there are other people in there too. Were they trying to kill everybody? I don't know. I never figured that one out. But yeah, uh, I was all three days. So the last day was kind of petered out, but the first two days were really good. And, and the and, first and, day was really good. The first night was really good because we marched up and down Christopher Street. We'd march up and down it. We'd march all the way down Christopher Street, and then we'd turn around and march up it again. We'd march down. We just marched up and down Christopher Street, you know, screaming gay power with a fist in the air. You know, and, the about, and about how many people would you say? Because cause obviously, you know, kind of when you tell these stories, it, it's kind of like telephone. Some things get distorted. Some, some things are missed out. Well, they some were... People, they were well, there were, I think I think they must have been about a thousand or something wow. uh, in the right. No, not in the right, but just standing around. They were like standing all around. these posted people from all the other clubs emptied out and were standing around watching a smaller amount of people from the Stonewall and who and who joined in to 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 demonstrate to to walk up and down you know to riot and everything and turn back police cars and the whole bit and so. Uh, it was only like a couple of hundred who were writing, I would, I would say, a couple of hundred who were okay. really doing the writing, even maybe even less than that. And the majority of people were standing around wondering, watching, as if watching, <clears throat> wondering what to do or what to make of it, you know. The ones that were demonstrating were the, well, a lot of them were like queens and semi-drag, you know. We used to call it semi-drag back then. You, you'd have on some men's articles and some women's articles. And it was, you'd have on makeup, maybe in a man's shirt and pants maybe high heels with it. We were rioting because the po the police had gone in there and started roughing people up. And people had just, people. everybody else was demonstrating at that time. Uh, women's rights, uh, black people were, were demonstrating for their rights. Everybody was demonstrating for their rights. And, and so it came, it was kind of natural uh, that people would just all of a sudden say, well, we, we, you know, we've had enough. Everybody else is demonstrating for their rights. You know, we're not going to take any more of this shit. But the police would go in there and they'd shake them down and they'd take their money. If they didn't give enough enough money, the police would put people behind the bar. They'd take the drag queens. And it's funny that I have a female a female uh, policewoman take the drag queen back into the ladies' room and you'd have to expose your genitals. That and is crazy. And that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing, yeah. And so people were tired of that, sick of that. So... People just, you know, freaked out. And and were you aware of uh, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera? Yeah, I was aware of them. Marsha was a was a stand. She was like on the on Christopher Street all the time. She mm -hmm. was um, oh, she was a hoot. I loved her. She was fabulous. She was always uh, uh, always around. You know, she was just a very familiar face and very f familiar on, on the Ain't scene, no particularly just walking, yeah, walking up and down Christopher Street. She'd, she'd just walk all the way from the pier all the way down and say hello, and people would be sitting on the stoops, you know, on Christopher Street and hanging out. And she would just walk by, and people would go, here she comes. Here comes, here comes Marsha. You know, <laughs> she'd always stop and have a chat with everyone. She'd always have a smile for everybody. 
always have a, a you know something going on. Um, um, it's so funny that that you mentioned the semi drag thing. How how people would have to have on makeup or wear like a a men's shirt or have on um, some blush but make sure you have uh-huh. on some boxers um, the walking while trans policy in New York City I feel Bunny uh, correct me if I'm wrong but they're going to repeal it now yes it, it's it's a it's yes. a book that's it's a law that's been on the book since 1976 mm-hmm. and it gives officers grounds to arrest a person for allegedly stopping talking to or beckoning at others in a public place and it's 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 often used to target trans people right. and um and and bust them for prostitution or loitering it and the New York State Senate is about to repeal this law that's been around since 1976. So, Jane, you did touch on this a little bit, but I don't think that people today can really grasp what the rules were in terms of, because we run around freely in drag now. You know, taxis are used to seeing us. But at this time, you could get busted for walking around and and just explain in detail again because you fascinated me with stories oh. about this where where you you had to have a certain amount of a women of men's clothing on. Explain how that worked. Yeah. Well, in Atlanta, when I was growing up, I was a screaming queen. You know. What does that rec- mean, a screaming rec- queen? Uh, oh, this thing, all right. Oh, I had, oh, girl, I had him last night. Oh, I hope he's good. Oh, okay, oh, got baby. it. Like, oh, baby. Oh, he'll love me in this. Look at this. Okay. Oh, he will love me in this. And you, I mean, you said you were so brave that you were braving gunshots at that time because this yes. is the South. And you could, you could wear pant, uh, male clothes that looked kind of feminine because in the 60s, we, it was lucky because there were all these clothes out that were like male, male clothing, but they were feminine enough looking that we could put them on and look real feminine, like wear face, wear makeup. We'd, like we'd wear maybe face makeup lipstick eye makeup and everything and comb our hair down and our bangs or little little curls and we would like have a man's shirt on and man's pants but they'd be really like the man's shirt would be like flowers on it or something like that real feminine and then the uh-huh. pants we'd roll them up uh, roll them up and we'd either have on women's shoes or G- what we used to call Jesus sandals you put on <laughs> and we paint and we paint our toenails and so, uh. but the sandals were men's, and they were, oh, we were wearing men's clothes, but they looked like women. We'd, we'd make them look like women. We'd turn the collars up and everything. So they couldn't, they couldn't really, they couldn't arrest us, supposedly. They did anyway. But, but if you were in full enough drag where you really looked like a woman or people could think you were a woman and they saw you, they would pick you up and arrest you and take you down to the cell and call your parents up. And they'd, you know, call your daddy up and say, look, we got your son down here. Your queer son down here dressed up in women's clothes. He's locked up in the cell. You want to come and get him? You know stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. It's a, and they it's also a... they were also known they would they would uh, some of the queens got held down and had the head shaved. Really, oh like 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 publicly, yeah, they, they, like publicly getting your head shaved, like in front of everyone. It's, it's, no, in the cell. In the in, in the in cell. The, it, it's a police station. They would wow. uh, uh, shave your head, take it, because it was a law in Atlanta. Uh, if your hair touched the tip of your ears, mm-hmm. you could be arrested for female impersonation. What year was this? Because men wore like the Beatles and all that. Yeah, long, they long had long hair. hair. That became, well, that became a real problem for the police when all that happened. Because they couldn't it. do it anymore. It became a real problem. But this is early. We're talking early 60s before Beatles. 
Okay. And so when you move to New York, um, I'm still trying to picture exactly what these, what was it, four articles of clothing that you were putting, you had to wear, you could be in drag with a wig and makeup and whatever, but, but the police would stop you to make sure that you had four articles, was it, of, of men's clothing? Well you, had so, to have on men, well, you had to have on men's underwear. You weren't allowed to have, wear women's underwear if you were in drag. You had to have on men's underwear. So, so Bunny, yeah. so you'd have been fine. <laughs> so you would be in a beautiful ball gown and with fucking and with with and fruit of the loom and athletic socks oh in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, girl, that's kind of that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like my drag now, girl. Give them a little a little a little a little fantasy. Yeah. Well, honey, your, honey, your wigs are so short they don't touch your ears, darling. So, <laughs> they uh, don't. I don't think you you would have to worry back in the sixties. So, <laughs> I, I, well, AJ, but I, I had other things I had to worry about, bunny, in the sixties, being black and gay. You also mentioned that trans people where they lived were kind of just like the police would just break in. This wasn't just something on the streets. They would just break in your. They they didn't have a search warrant or anything if they suspected something was going on at your apartment, or if uh, if drag queens were coming in and out, or obvious queens with you know real obvious uh, gay people, you know just just regular queens, not even makeup, just just people kind of you know what we call them Nelly queens. They they yeah. could break down your door and go in there and search and search your apartment for drugs, or wow. they'd always find drugs and uh, or that didn't have any drugs they plant them and arrest you, you know. But we we had to be really afraid of the police on the street because we had to, like when we see the police, we'd have to hide behind trees and things. I remember hiding, I remember hiding behind a tree and a police car coming slowly driving by with a searchlight and and looking at all the trees. And then if, if the police car drove up in front, I, I moved around to the tr back of the tree with the police car, the police car would drive in and I'd move around uh, behind the tree so they couldn't see me. I remember well, doing honey, that one that. I'm glad I wasn't around back then because I'd have to go to the Redwood Forest to find a tree I could hide behind. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hope I hope our listeners are noticing are, are are connecting this through line of the police always being fucking bullies and 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 and, and egregious abuse of power. Literally, well, well, well in Atlanta crime. when I was stomping around. It was well known that the KKK and the police were basically the same. Oh yeah, the police—they uh, were yeah. founded to be slave catchers. That's what—that's yeah. what—that's uh -huh. how the police originally. Mm -hmm. That is—that is, that is their X Men origin story. They were yeah. slave catchers. Um, before you leave, um, I know that you are a brilliant artist, and specifically, there is a painting that you have of Lady Bunny as the devil after you guys <laughs> had a falling out. Please tell me about this this photograph. Where can I get it? I want to buy it and frame it in this my home. Paint, now this painting, when I gave it to. Uh, we, me and Bunny made up, and I, and, 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 and so my curator had it, and he had orders. I told him if I gave that to him to put it on file, he could not show that in public. I did not want it shown because it was, you know, because we had had the falling out, and I was mad when I did it, so it did not exactly make Bunny look good in the painting. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this painting. So, or can, what so did he, what? But he put it? He showed it anyway, and I got really mad at him. I, what did Bunny do to piss you off so bad? Uh, I can't remember. I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> I think I was being a smart ass, really. I think it was my fault. I was being a smart ass, trying to get 
Bunny's hump up, and she recognized it and called me on it, and then we had a little tassel with it, something like that. It was my fault. Oh, well, well, honey, we're sisters, and we've been up and down, and listen, yeah. honey, you've hung out with Candy Darling, yeah. uh, Hollywood Lawn, Divine. <laughs> what was that, that like? I mean, I... I'm pleased that I'm in your 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 life, and and I love that painting. I thought it was brilliant and took photos of it. I mean, you just confirmed what many people think that I am the devil, so that's fine with me. But, but what, what what was divine like? We need to hear a little bit about that. Uh, she was kind of like um, she didn't like drag. She hated being huh. in drag. She, she hated being in drag. To her, it was I, I'm saying her. She I, I think. She didn't prefer me to say he. He he liked it. He like got in drag, and it was totally for for um, a professional reasons only. Oh. Uh, he even made the comment: the best thing about drag is getting out of it. Wow. Yeah, he he did not like it at all. He wanted to be accepted as an actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so funny that someone who is obviously such a big is uh, a drag icon mm-hmm. hated being in drag. That is so funny yeah, to me. Did not like to be in drag. Um, Wanted to be an actor and mm-hmm. started to get started to get parts and actually got a part in a in a TV uh, situation comedy. Was it married with married children? With, and he was gonna, with children, he was going to play the, the uncle, yeah. the gay uncle. Right, married with children. In drag or out of drag? And then out of drag. Died. Okay. Yeah, out and of then drag, did, yeah. and died right before it all happened. And so died yeah. Before it happened. Uh, well, um, I always thought that was funny. I'll never forget that. The best part of best part of drag is getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean well, to, be, to be fair, I think we all identify. All queens know that drag mm-hmm. is annoying and it is painful, and is like after yeah. like hour four, you're like, okay, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, after an hour, a couple of hours, you're ready to die because, particularly if you wear tight girdles, like I, I wear tight clothing underneath mine, like tight girdles and things, which like actually can even restrain your breathing. You know, it's really sometimes I've been known to just reach up under my dress and take the girdle off right in just front of everybody. <laughs> you know, and say I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. Well honey, if you if you're singing if you don't want to fuck me, baby, 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 baby fuck, fuck off, off, then take it all off and let them have <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um you you've got new music coming out yeah. and 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 some that is already out. I mean I looked at your iTunes thing and when you push see all Mm-hmm. Jane, you've got a, I don't know if they call it discography. There's like a hundred songs wow. on I there. Know. And and a lot of them are live versions because, you know, you, you're you in Georgia now. You're a painter. You're a cat lady. But, honey, there was nobody as fiery as Jane County on stage. And the live versions I listened to last night are mm. phenomenal. But tell us about uh, your new music. Well, I, I have a duo now with uh, Amber Taylor, it's Am Taylor. So it's Jane County and Am Taylor. And we have a song called, um, um, I don't, I, <laughs> well, I'm getting Alzheimer's. I don't fit in anywhere. I don't fit in anywhere. <laughs> I asked my daddy, but he didn't care. Cause I don't fit in anywhere.
Iggy Pop just played it on a Friday on his show in, in England. For our listeners, we, we can stream it on iTunes, on, on yes, Spotify, you, buy uh-huh. it, all those places, yeah? Yes, you can, all the places, it's out on all of them. And it also will, your, your your memoir, Man Enough to Be a Woman. I mean your 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 memoir. Your autobiography, yeah. Man Enough to Be a Woman, is available on Amazon and I'm sure people can yes, buy all those old paper copies. It's, it's going to be it, it's cost a fortune now. It's going to it's going to be re, it's being reprinted already and it's gonna be out in May. Uh, okay. a, a reprint in May. It's gonna be out again with a whole new catch up chapter in it. With the same photographs and some new ones, new photographs and things. It's going to be a new edition of it coming out. The second edition of it is coming okay. out in May, and I'm really happy that they're going to reprint it. So it'll be available again in May at regular book prices. It's you a great have, read. Because you go and in you now, have, you might have to pay $150 for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what, Jane? Yes, if you got the $150, i am going to buy this, 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 this <laughs> piece of a herstory, honey. Herstory, yes, it is. It is yeah. a piece of herstory. It sure is. Man enough to be a woman. Are you a social media person? Is there a way for people to check you out? Facebook, Jane County? Go to, my, go to Facebook, uh, to Jane, Jane Rogers. And that oh, is Jane, Jane with oh, a Y. Jane yes, with a Y. Jane, Jane Rogers. Well, honey, thank you so much for telling You're us uh, w- w- about your story. And You're much welcome. love to you. you and too, much uh, love you, honey, we, we got this podcast off to a great start Correct. with some. Uh, legendary guest so thank you so much for coming on thank you you're welcome anytime but uh, we did it we have done another episode of every of everything and irony um love it yes welcome back folks yeah as we prepare to say goodbye (laughs) welcome back (laughs) Um, again if you guys have not please 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 leave leave us a review a rating on Apple Podcasts Spotify wherever you listen to your podcast because the more um, that you guys do that the better that our podcast will trend and more people will see and more listeners darling it's going to be more fabulous so don't forget to do that and um, thank you so much for listening we'll see you soon hear you soon you'll hear us Podcast Network.